Father, thank You, Lord, for this night. Thank You, Lord, for Jesus. Thank You, Lord, that we can come and enter in and worship You tonight. Thank You, Lord, for those gathered in this cold night, snowy night, Lord, that they brave the cold and the snow to come. I just pray a special blessing. And Lord, uh, take us deeper, take us higher, take us closer, closer to You. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And Lord, let my words and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in Your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And Lord, open our ears that we might hear the things You have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to uh, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 11. And you can follow up on the overhead. I think we'll be able to, to keep up with that. I can figure out which way to go there. Yeah, Isaiah 14. Yeah. Isaiah 14, beginning at verse 11. I'm going to read out of the King James, and we'll translate some of the words. But Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials, the worm is spread under thee, and the worm covers thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars, God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High God. Un incredible, isn't that portion of Scripture? How many of you know that's what theologians call the five I wills? Uh, I was talking to my granddaughter today and I was asking her, because she was being a little selfish, and I was asking her, what's the essence of sin? This is exactly what it is. How many have ever been in charge of your life? Be honest. In other words, where you, you rule and reign, you kind of do what you want to do. Uh, it's so easy to fall into that type of lifestyle. How many of you know when you're a believer, who's in charge of your life? Jesus is, right? So, so you're not dictating all that happened in your life. You actually surrender to the Lord. And Satan was the original worshiper in heaven. We've been talking about living in God's presence. And one of the things that we want to talk about, I believe that the key to being in God's presence is to be able to learn to worship Him. How many of you know 24-7? 24-7. We don't just come to a worship service. We're worshipers. We live and walk with the Lord constantly. Okay, So we need to really learn how to worship the Lord 24-7. And the essence of worship is the opposite of this. Satan wanted to take something that belonged to God away from Him. He wanted to be worshipped. Remember when Jesus had all the temptations? Remember when Satan showed Him all the kingdoms of the world? And He said, and I can give you all these, all you need to do is bow down and worship Me. Yes. And you know what? I don't want to shock you, but that's exactly what we do when we walk in the flesh. It's exactly what we do. When we begin to think that our way is better than God, we've actually exalted our knowledge 
ahead or above the knowledge of God. And Satan, I don't know if you realize this, but Satan was the original worship leader in heaven. There's a lot of scriptures that point to that. Okay? But and one of the things he's done is he's worked on getting control of the music in the world so that people will sing to exalt everything else but God. Same thing in church. You can go to church and we'll exalt everything but God. And we need to learn that, that when we learn to walk with the Lord and worship, we're going to begin to really see that God is the center of our affection. Let's do one more verse to tell you about Satan, okay? It's in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 11. I'm going to read it. Uh, I don't have it all in the overhead because it was so long. But let me read it because it really shows a lot more about Satan and what happened. Verse 11 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me and saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Verse 13, it's obvious who it's talking about. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. Sardis, topaz, diamond, barrel, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, gold. The workmanship, notice this, of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. It says here what Satan was. He was an anointed cherub that covereth and hath set... Thee so, thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, thou walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thee. And by the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub." From the midst of the stones of fire. You notice here that, that Jesus, there's a phrase here that's used to say that Satan had merchandised before God. And you know, you look that word up, it's a little bit confused. It's not just that he's selling something, but what it means is something like this. Okay, let me explain it to you. If I were hired to do a job, I were a steward. And God had hired me to do a job, okay? And He decided to pay me $30 an hour. And then He said, I'm going to pay you $30 and the job's going to get $50. Okay? What happens is, when you do the job, if you take $30 and add another $10 to it and give the boss $10, that's what this means, merchandising. What it means is, is that we take something that belongs to God. Get the gist? In other words, when we don't worship, when we don't do our affections to the Lord, what we do is actually take away something that belongs to God, okay? And we give it to another, okay? Can you remember those days when you used to be, you know, I want to party all night, you know, sing rock and roll and party all night? How do you remember those days? I'm glad some of you don't. She's going, no, I don't. That's good. But what happens is we begin to really have our affections on something other than God. Okay, now is that possible when we're in church? Yes. Okay. Is it possible in our lives? Yes. Is it possible for us to, to worship someone else? Okay. Think about your music. What what does music exalt in most cases? 
When you listen, you just turn the radio on. Take any channel. We're not going to pick on a certain style, okay? But just turn on music. What do you What do you think's exalted? Who, who gets exalted? Man. Man, okay. Most of the song. How many have ever listened to a good country station? Okay. Uh, you'll find something, okay? And you might like country music. You know, some people really love country music. I found that when I listen to country music, after a little while, I start to get depressed. The reason why is because the stories are always sometimes about breakup, divorce. They're about things that are in real life we can relate to. But what happens, it doesn't feed your spirit. It feeds your soul. You start to feel things. Okay, You start to begin to really get distracted. And, and when we are worshiping things that are, that are not centered on God, we actually fall in what's called the soulish realm. We really operate on how we feel. I'm going to give you four things in just a minute that are really important when it comes to worship. And it'll help you. I hope it'll help you. Because we need to understand that. So Satan, if you see that he was one of the archangels, we know this from history, we know this from Scripture, and he was a cherub. And because it describes that he has tabrets, he has, uh, you see, he has pipes, he has... The, the vials that we just read in Isaiah is another word that's translated for stringed instrument. So Dave was playing a stringed instrument today, okay? Well, Satan really was in charge of three types of music. How many of you know what this is? Okay, percussion. She's got a musician here. She knew right away, okay? There's only three types of music, and Satan was in charge of all three. One's percussion. Okay, the other one was stringed instruments. And when it talks about his pipes, okay, a pipe is something you blow through. That's the other type of wind, okay, either brass or reed, okay. So, so somebody's going to play an instrument, they're going to actually blow their breath through an instrument. That's what Satan did in heaven, okay. And he got cast out because he wanted to take worship that was rightfully due to God. And take it upon himself. Now, let me let me if you get this, you gotta understand that we can fall into the exact same thing. Now I want you to think for a minute. You don't have to say it out loud, you don't have to share it. I'm not here to embarrass anybody, okay? But what things can we worship more than God in our life, even as believers? Think about it. You gotta think for a little bit. We can exalt things, they can be good things. They can be things that probably are pretty important to us. But when we exalt something above God, we're actually merchandising things. We're taking away what rightfully belongs to God. Can we do that in a church service? Yes. Why? Give me an example. Not paying attention. Not paying attention, okay? How many of you have ever walked into church? I know the preachers won't admit this, but it's true for us too. How many of you come in and you're just off spiritually? Yeah. You walk in a room and you got an attitude. It's easy to fall into that. And in reality, what we're doing is we're taking away worship that belongs to God. There's believed to be three archangels in heaven. If you look at these, okay, Gabriel was in charge of the Word. Can you say amen? Amen. When he brought the Word of the Lord when Jesus came, behold, there's good tidings and great joy. 
A Savior is born to all the nation. Gabriel always brings the word. Okay, Michael is the one in charge of, of warfare, prayer. Remember when Daniel prayed to the Lord? took 30 days and Michael was fighting the king of Persia. It's symbolic what it's talking about. He was having resistance from the enemy. And he began to hear Daniel's prayer. And he came and said, I heard your prayer from the first day you prayed it. I had a battle through to come and, and answer that prayer. And Michael's in charge of prayer in heaven. And Satan was in charge of worship. When you come to church service, that's three things we should have. The word, worship, and prayer. We did those three things, we'd have a healthy church. Can you say amen? amen? And as we worship the Lord, we need to understand that. And Satan had stringed instruments, he had timbrels, he had pipes. There's three types of instruments. String, percussion, and wind. Okay, let's go to this next slide. Because you have to understand something. You know, again, Satan's goal is to take away worship that belongs to God. Okay, but I believe. If we want to learn to live in the presence of the Lord, we need to learn to worship the Lord 24-7. I think that's the key to everything. And I just gave you a few scriptures here. We'll go through these real quick. Turn to, uh, if you go to, uh, I think it's in Psalm chapter, did I write this down? Psalm chapter 5, verse 7. Psalm chapter 5, verse 7. Okay. It says, But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy hill. I don't know if that's in the right version. I'm going to read that in King James here, okay? I'm going to go to Psalm chapter 5, verse 7. Psalm chapter 5, verse 7. But as for me, I will. Everybody say, I will. Come into the house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. You notice two phrases in there that are repeated. I will and I will. Everybody see that will I, okay? Look up at me. Worship is not based on how you feel. It's based on your will. Can you say Amen. If you want to understand how to walk in freedom 24-7, you have to make a decision to be a worshiper. You just have to, you can't go by your feelings, okay? How many have ever been in a service? You, you have to admit this. I'll, I'll explain it. This will really help you get revelation. How many have ever been in a really lively service? You know, like you felt a real good feel kind of service. And you walk outside and immediately you fall into sin. Now, you don't have to stand up and shout. What do you think happened? I didn't say you got tempted to sin. I'm saying you actually fell into sin. You, it was almost like you got done with the service. You go, man, why am I so weak? I'm going to tell you why. You know why? You went to a feel-good service that ministered to your soul, but it did not feed your spirit. Can you say, oh me, or amen? When you begin to really worship the Lord, it is a choice out of your spirit that you decide to worship God. It's not related to how you feel. If all you ever do is sing feel-good songs, you will get what you feel. I want more than what I feel. 
I want to have an encounter with God when I go out there. I'm so full of God. When the devil comes, I just kick him over out of the way and I keep right on walking with God. Can you say amen? Amen. And you see, when you come to a real worship service, that's where you get transformed. You actually become more like Jesus. So when you go out, you don't immediately fall into sin. You might get tempted to sin. But you're going to find out if you're really fed your spirit during the worship time. You will be an overcomer. You will not be overcome. So the first thing about worship is we need to realize, okay, it's I will, not I feel. Okay, number two, uh, John 4.24. We all know that scripture, right? God is a spirit. They that worship Him. Everybody say must. must. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. We've all heard it. How many have ever heard a sermon on that? Everybody in the room. If you've ever been in any kind of Pentecostal service, you've heard a million sermons. But tell me practically what that means. To worship in your spirit. Does everybody understand what your soul is? What is your soul? Okay. Your mind, your will, and what? The biggie. Your emotions, okay? How many have ever been led by what you feel? Be honest. How did it work out? It didn't. Why didn't it work out? It wasn't of the Lord. It wasn't of the Lord. It's your soulless realm. If you worship the Lord, look up at me, guys. You've got to get this, okay? If you worship the Lord based on how you feel, you're going to still be a defeated Christian. You're going to feed your soul, which means your emotions are going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And you have to realize, if you want to get in your spirit, you have to learn to make a decision to do it. Because everything, it says here, we must worship the Lord in spirit and truth. I'm, I'm sure all of us can relate to coming to church and not feeling like we're, but you have to decide to. That's the only way you can worship God. Can you say amen? Yeah. And we're, we're trying to live in God's presence. Yes. We're trying to walk in His power. Amen. And in order for us to do that, we need to be those kind of people that make a decision. So we not only have to will versus feel, we have to make sure we're in the spirit, not in the soulish realm. Okay? How many have ever been to a real lively service where they just swing from the chandelier? <laughs> yes. It makes you feel good, doesn't it? But I'm telling you right now, okay, it doesn't necessarily make you stronger in spirit at all. Matter of fact, you know, and I don't want to pick on a certain segment of the body. Matter of fact, I won't. But if you're really into soulish type of music, matter of fact, I will pick on somebody. I was in, in uh, Arkansas years ago. And I, I was in El Dorado, Arkansas, and I'm, it was when I was in seminary. And I was preaching all of the Ozarks, and so I got invited to Eldorado Assemblies of God. And I went in there, and, and we were in the back, and our whole family. And this was a singing church. I mean, you've never been to a singing church. Before I got up to preach, 18 people sang. It was an hour and a half, and they didn't have a worship service. They had 18 solos in a row. Almost everybody in the church sang. And what was... Challenging was most of them couldn't sing. I mean, they were badder than bad, okay? I mean, some of you might think you can't sing. You would have been stellar. You would have been a rock star. You would have been an opera singer compared to some of these. So I got up to preach. I was whipped. I mean, I was just totally. Then, then what I'm sharing with you tonight, the Lord would say, hey, Jack, get in your spirit. 
You just heard 18 people sing from the soul. Because they couldn't sing, but it wasn't that. They, they, weren't, they weren't really up there. It was almost like they were trying to outperform each other. What it was, was 18 songs of singing in the soulless realm, and it gave me a headache. I didn't feel any close to the Lord, so I had to repent before I got up there. And I had to ask the Lord, Lord, you've got to help me to get the Spirit. I just got my soul got spent for these 18 songs. I got up there and I began to... To preach and, and it was an okay sermon. And the Lord kept me on track. But when I got out, I get to I got to watch all the people. And you know, I'm not I'm not big on judging people, okay? I'm just not that way. We were Pastor Dave and me were talking about that tonight, okay? I'm not into just making fun of people and, and pointing out all their we I'm just not that that's not my thing. But when I went out, I got to watch all these 18 people to sing. First of all, and this is not to pick on you if you're a smoker, but they all lit up right after church. Everybody the same. I mean, it must have been Tobacco Road. <laughs> all 18 of them lit up. But that was the minor thing. The Lord taught me a lesson there. They were swearing up a storm. I mean, I, I, I tell you, you know, I used to go to bars in the day, you know, when I was really young. How many of you have ever been in a bar? I guarantee you, the, the vocal cords of the people in a bar was much better than those people at that church. I mean, they were saying some bombs. And I, I just was taken back, and then the Lord taught me a lesson. Jack, what do you expect? All they did was feed their soul for an hour and a half. And they didn't get anything in their spirit to, to come out to be like Jesus. You understand what I'm talking about? And I know that's obvious, but... See, the enemy wants to subtly keep you from giving worship to God so that you merchandise what belongs to him. And he wants you to settle for the things of this world that really won't transform your life. And he'll do it in church. Oh my, did he say that? Yes. He'll do it in church. Because we need to be about focusing on the Lord, not just necessarily all of what we like. Because if you, I tell him my granddaughter, if you always say, I like, I want, I need, you're in the flesh. Does everybody understand that? God's not against you liking something, but, but what it is, it's the side of us that craves for God to give us something when really what God wants us to do is give unto Him. That's the glory that's due His name. So, number three, okay, Psalm 81 verse 9. Now listen to this. Let this sink into your spirit. There shall no strange God be in thee. Neither shalt thou worship a strange God. Can you say amen? You have to realize, okay, what's a strange God in you? What does that mean? What that means is if there's anything in you that's not focused on the Lord, it's a strange God. Everybody understand there's a, there's a scripture, I think it's in Psalm, actually the whole chapter of Psalm 81. Read that sometime. It's an awesome, awesome chapter. Psalm 81, okay? If you read that, let me just, just allude to it. Yeah, if you read verse 81, the whole chapter of 81, let me look it up here, okay? It's actually what, what the Bible scholars call in Psalm 81. The, uh, a psalm, it's called the covenant of praise. 
You want to study something about praise and worship? Study this chapter. It's awesome because it talks about the different types of worship. It talks about instrumental worship. It talks about spiritual worship. And in verse 7 it says, That thou callest in trouble, and I deliver thee. And I answer thee in the secret place of thunder. I prove thee at the waters of Moravah. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee. Hear, O Israel, I will hearken unto me. There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thou mouth, open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Can you say Amen. It says here, but my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. Now listen, this is, this is scary. Because this is what happened. This is how strange gods come in. Look what God says He does. So I gave them up unto their own hearts. Man, I don't want to be given up to my own heart. Matter of fact, Dave and me were just reading on that today in Romans chapter 1 where the Word says He gave them over to a reprobate mind. Because they took the truth and turned it into a lie. It's a choice. You have to choose to, I will, I will, I will, I will, or His will. I surrender. That's the essence of worship. You come and say, Lord, it's all about You tonight. If you want to live in the presence of the Lord, you need to learn to worship the Lord the way He wants you to. And look what happens here. It said, Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. Look at, listen to this, verse 14. This is what you miss when you don't worship God. This is an incredible portion of Scripture. Listen to this, verse 14 of Psalm 81. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have been submitted themselves unto Him, but their time should have endured forever. And look what it says in verse 16. He should have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied them. What the Lord's saying is if you let a strange God into your heart, you're not going to be satisfied from the Lord. You're actually going to not have victory over your enemies whether they be external or internal. And how many of you want to be able to have victory on the inside as well as the outside? Okay? And what the Lord's saying, if you don't let a strange God in and you, you fulfill this covenant, in other words, it's an agreement. What it is is saying, I'm going to come into your house, Lord, and I'm going to worship you, and I'm not going to steal anything that belongs to you. I'm going to put you first and let you be foremost. Amen. That's why it's so awesome, and I know I'm talking to the choir, okay? You guys understand. When we come to worship the Lord, it's so appealing to the Lord. Because He likes, He loves to hear. It doesn't matter if you can't physically sing. That's not... When I was talking about the 18 people to sing, it wasn't because they wouldn't sing or they couldn't sing. It's because their hearts weren't right with God. You can be the greatest singer in the world, but if your heart's not right with God, you really should just sit up. Because you really don't have... How many of you ever had someone stand up and sing a song? They weren't a good singer, but you could feel the power of God. And the reason being is because their heart was totally given to the Lord. And the power of God just flowed out of them because they made a decision to worship the Lord. It wasn't their talent. 
It was her attitude before the Lord. And some of you really understand it. We've got some worshipers in here. You love to worship. I just like to get around you. It's almost like osmosis. Patty's a worshiper. She dislikes to worship the Lord. She's not a singer, but I'd rather be around a worshiper than a singer. Amen? Amen. Because you can have all the talent in the world. She'll just, and I'm not trying to embarrass her, but she just loves to worship. Some of you are like that. I, I sit by and you just, you're so in tune with the Lord because you know that your heart is turned towards Him. You know what He does? He overcomes enemies for you. He gives you victory. Matter of fact, when you're in battle and situations, some of you had a raging this week. Patty had a raging this week. She had a humdinger. But you see, she's in the house of the Lord worshiping the Lord. Because, see, God will give you the victory even in the midst of all your trials. It's just incredible, okay? So you need to understand that there will be no strange God in thee, neither shalt thou worship. When you begin to work in a covenant of praise and worship, God will actually take your enemies and remove them out of you. And it, it, it's like, I, I really want, I want to experience that. Let's do it. Because, because I tell you, I don't want to be worshiping a false God. You know, we don't worship each other. We don't worship uh, the minister. We worship Jesus. I think we understand that. I know we're small tonight. But you could say just, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. We're just so blessed. You know, you're, if you're like me, you like to walk around. I don't like to sit still. You know, I just, I like to walk around. Even when I pray, I'll just come stand and walk around. But God is, but let me ask you something, okay? Who do you worship? Now answer that question for some of us. What are some things we can worship that can easily be merchandise that takes things away from God? TV, okay, what else? Money, people, people. your house, Things. cell phone, Things. Things. What about relationships? Can you worship your kids more than you worship God? Oh, Lord Jesus, you can. It's unhealthy, isn't it? You know, we love our kids. We love our grandkids. But folks, my source is not them liking me. My source is me loving God. And then as we minister to them, okay, there's so many things, okay. Now think back to the secular music now, okay. Any of you ever been to any good rock concerts? Some of you probably have, right? Who are they worshiping? Themselves? You ever been to a Kiss concert, anybody? A couple of you have, you remember. Dan Halen could tell you. Okay, they actually, I, I've been, I took my, my cousin years ago when Kiss was really young. And... I tell you what, I, my aunt said, can you escort him? I said, okay. I didn't know what I was getting into. And I went in there and I tell you what, I was under the blood in about 15 seconds. <laughs> and people were standing on tables, chairs right here like this. People were standing on chairs right up on the corner. Standing up worshiping supernatural evil. They were, they were doing the horn sign and worshiping the devil. And I remember I said, Lord, if you get me out of here, I'll never go to that one again. And my cousin, he just loved it. Well, he was filled with the devil. And I remember getting home and thinking, I was so grateful I got out of there. And then when old Gene Simmons came and did his tongue thing, you know, whatever, it's all demonic. But I was just amazed that those people could stand on a chair, right on the, on, I'm talking about on the, the top and did not fall over. 
Right? Because the devil was giving him power. Because he could do signs and wonders to deceive people. And I got out of there, oh, thank you, Lord. I told Scott, he goes, how do you like it? I said, I hate it. I bind that devil in Jesus' name in you. Oh, you just, you, you don't, you, don't you want to have some fun? No, not, not at the expense of the enemy. But you see, we need to realize that, that Satan came to distort music. Because he was the one that led worship in heaven. Let me wrap this up. Turn with me real quick to uh, 1 Chronicles 13.8. 1 Chronicles 13.8. It's somewhere in the Old Testament, right? I can give you the page number. But it won't work out. <laughs> 1 Chronicles 13, verse 8. This can what can happen when we worship the Lord. And David and all Israel played before God with all their might and with singing and with harps and with psaltery and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets. Can you say amen? That's the three types of instruments. They begin to pray, praise before the Lord. Go to 1 Chronicles chapter 1, verse chapter 1 of, no, I'm 1 Chronicles chapter 25, I'm sorry. Verse 1, 1 Chronicles 25, verse 1. Moreover, David and the captain of the host separated to the service of the sons of Asaph and Heman and of Jeduthun, who should prophesy with harps, with psalteries, and with cymbals, and the number of the workmen according to their service was. He goes into all the people. And there were actually 288 of them that were